Moncrief on News Talk. Now, there are plans to send people back to the moon in the not-too-distant future. One of the many missions they'll have to carry out is to establish how much water is there because it does exist. Tiny glass beads strewn across the surface contain what could be millions of tonnes of it. Mahesh Anand is a Professor of Planetary Science and Exploration at the Open University. Mahesh, good afternoon. Good afternoon. Now, when you say we've discovered water on the moon, are these is this correct? There are tiny little droplets of it kind of bound into the soil. Yeah, that's right. It's the latter. So, as you said, uh, this is uh, not a water as like liquid water as uh, you know we often associate with, but this is uh, water molecules which are actually trapped inside these very small glass beads. They are like those uh, playing marbles that you might have seen kids play with, but they are very tiny marbles. Mm. And would you be able to see them with the human eye or can you only detect them under Uh, laboratory? Just about, just about, because most of these beads are as big as a single strand of hair or smaller. So, you know, with some difficulty, we might be able to see them with the naked eye. But if you put a binocular, you know, use a binocular, they could easily be seen. How did they come to be there? So, as the name suggests, these things are called impact glass beads. So, at the moon, there is no atmosphere, and the moon's surface is constantly being bombarded by a range of impactors, which are coming from every direction. And when an impact happens on the moon's surface, it actually heats or sometimes even melts the uh, lunar soil. And, and during that melting process, these beads are produced. And it is around that time when the beads are produced that the sun is also sending a lot of charged particles to the moon, which contain a lot of hydrogen. And that hydrogen then makes its way into these cooling droplets uh, that later on become glass. And there the hydrogen combines with oxygen in the glass bead to produce water. Is it possible to estimate how much of it there might be on the moon? Oh, sure. Yeah. So we did a back of the envelope calculation, you know, assuming that mm-hmm. this is how much we are measuring in a glass bead and this is how much of a glass bead could be present at any given place. And this is the depth to which they may present. We did all of those calculations and the numbers that we came up were staggeringly quite big, actually. So we estimated that at a minimum, there is probably, uh, you know, a couple of hundred million tons of this water that could be present on the moon. Right. And the, the, has it always been suspected that it was there in that form, or is this a relatively recent discovery? Uh, I think it has long been suspected because there were a variety of uh, evidences that were coming through from various measurements that there was some sort of a water reservoir which was existing very near to the top surface of the moon because some instruments had seen Uh, you know, uh, kind of water molecules being present for a very transient period of time uh, over the lunar surface. Uh, Some were actually detecting from remote sensing observation that there is actually a single layer of water molecule all over the lunar surface. So the evidence has been there, but nobody has uh, quite yet pinpointed that this could be actually the storage, so to speak. Yeah. Now, the, the process, though, I suppose, of extracting that and turning it into usable water, how onerous or not would that be? So it's uh, for, for the moon. So we have been researching the possibility of actually extracting water from a variety of sources. And it's kind of a slider scale where you go from the easiest, which is to really 
have the luck of hitting a jackpot which is the solid water ice somewhere which you can obviously just warm up and you make your own water or at the other extreme uh, we have been conducting experiments where we were heating the lunar rocks at around 1000 degrees celsius and actually extracting the oxygen from the lunar rocks and combining those with hydrogen to make our water and so this is something in in between and it's closer to that water ice is end of spectrum than the thousand degrees Celsius heating. Right. Okay. And uh, it, it, it being in the middle, it still sounds like it might be pretty complicated, though. Well, it's, it's as I said, it's much closer to the water ice scenario because what we also found through this study that actually perhaps even just at hundred degrees Celsius or two hundred degrees Celsius, the water could be liberated from these glass beads. So, so that way, it is probably going to be relatively simpler. Uh, right. With respect okay. to the moon. Would there be a large job of, of gathering topsoil and getting enough of that and then putting it through that process to create a, a feasible quite, amount of water? Yeah, quite uh, quite likely. And, and this is what we need to think about, that when we actually collect a large quantity of the lunar soil or lunar regolith and we extract the water, which is only going to be a tiny fraction of it, uh, you know, what do we do with the rest of it? And, and that's where I think we have to think holistically and come up with a plan of not only extracting the water, but perhaps also uh, using the same process and carrying on to extract other meaningful resources and ultimately make use of whatever is left is still in some uh, useful fashion. Mm. Is, is this the most likely prospect now? There's no possibility of finding a lump of frozen water on the moon. Oh, no, there is there is a distinct possibility of finding frozen water ice on the moon, but that is likely to be near the poles, you know, so near the north and the south pole uh, of, of the moon. But the difficulty with polar regions is that, uh, first of all, they are relatively inaccessible, so they are in very rough and rugged terrain. They are in inhospitable environment where the temperatures can be as low as negative 200 degrees Celsius. Mm. So, you know, for any machinery for any humans to survive in those kind of cold and frigid condition is not that easy. And then getting into those areas where this water ice is could be quite difficult because they may be in at the bottom of a crater, which may be several kilometers deep. So, so I think the challenges there in mining that water ice is quite different to the challenges that you might have in extracting this water in a vast, you know, flat plain area of the near side of the moon, for example, where the Apollo 11 landed. Mm. So, and, and there's enough there to keep, you know, if, if any permanent human habitation was established on the moon, that, that to keep that hab habitation going? Um, most likely it is, you know, quite limited in, in, in quantity. And, and this is only the first discovery. I mean, this is only the first study. So I think what we need to do is to uh, perhaps go back and look at uh, some similar samples that were collected previously and confirm you know, the estimates that, for example, we have done for just from one study, from one location, you know, does that hold up? And it may be higher, it may be lower. But I think going forward, this certainly uh, is now we have much more possibility of extracting water in any place on the moon than we had two days before. Mahash Anand is Professor of Planetary Science and Exploration at the Open University. Mahash, thank you very much. Thank you. Moncrief, weekdays at 2 p.m. on News Talk.